With Wrestling Geeks Alliance, you guys are here for another wonderful episode. Uh, we have some stuff to talk about. Uh, it's been kind of a slow week uh, within you know the realms of news, but if you want to break down on some of the stuff, um, apparently from the dirt sheets, if you will, brother, brother, Revival might be done with WWE, apparently, maybe, depending on who you ask. Braun Strowman got replaced by Finn, not as a, you know, punishment, but because he's still injured, maybe. But then again, there's conflicting reports. Uh, Kane turned down WWE's huge offer, apparently, maybe, uh, no, no confirmation on that. Uh, Batista might still be involved at WrestleMania. Um, yeah, that's about it. Sorry. That, that, that's, that, that's your news. But we have more stuff to talk about, so don't you worry, don't you fret. We're going to go over Monday Night Raw, we're going to go over SmackDown, talk about the progression uh, within WWE uh, from when they said they were going to make some changes about a month, uh, maybe a month and a half ago, maybe it's been less than that, I don't really remember. And, uh, you know, go over our predictions, like we said we were going to, of maybe what's going to happen at WrestleMania, go over some matches. But I couldn't do this show by myself. I have my Captain O'Captain with me, uh, Christopher, Brother Ray Patton. How are you doing, sir? I'm doing wonderful, man. How are you doing? You know, man, I'm not going to lie. Uh, this week sucked. <laughs> uh, I, I know our wonderful listeners probably don't want to hear me ramble, but, uh, yeah, you know, truck broke down on the way to work. Uh, um, I forgot what, the fuel injector, maybe? fuel The fuel pump, that's what it was. Uh, I decided to blow up. Um, and my glasses that I bought a week ago, the ones that were giving me, like, a headache uh, that I finally got used to, uh, the little strap. I'm sure you know what I'm talking about. Chris, if you get the glasses that don't have, like, the plastic rim on the bottom, and they have, like, a little strap, oh, that guy popped out, and my lens is popping out, so I have to go take them back tomorrow and get them sent back out. So, you know, I've had better days. But I appreciate you asking me that. Um, I hope that, you know, your your your, your progress with the uh, with the car wasn't as bad as mine, um, obviously. Well, it was, but, you know, it's, it's, never, it's never fun being at a car dealership, but, hey, they got me here in time for the show, and the guy was really nice. So uh, that's all good. I'm, sure, I'm trying exactly, to look you know, more, be positive before we get into talking about WWE today. <laughs> you know, and, and, and that is a, a good point. Um, we we, we got to remain positive. Uh, but, yeah, I also uh, – guys, I, I listened. Uh, I'm, I'm going to plug another podcast, but it's actually Chris Jericho's podcast. So uh, if you guys have never listened to it, Chris Jericho has an awesome podcast. If you want to know more details of how he left WWE, um, how his relationship still is with Vince, he recorded something the day after his, he announced and signed with AEW. So he gets a really good breakdown 
he he completely understood, uh, and there was no bad blood from him of why Vince would take him away from the advertising um, and put him in the legend section as opposed to the main roster. Uh, so it's 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 another way that no matter even if the WWE fans or, or wrestling fans or AWE or whatever the fuck, uh, you know, if they try to cause tension between a situation, much like if Cody talks about it, Vince, it's not really there on the other end. So I don't know. Sometimes, you know, today it's it's very hard to enjoy things and I hate being the old man, but my fucking lord, it's everyone has to be outraged and pissed off and impatient about everything. And that also, unfortunately, goes with wrestling. Um, I'm sorry to everyone that Andretti Cianomis is now Andretti. Uh, that was uh, uh, something that was, met people were very angry about. Um, they shortened his fucking name. It's, it's advertising stuff. Who gives a shit? He's still wrestling. He's getting a push. Um, and I'm sorry f- to everyone for um, you ha- getting to see um, uh, Alexa Bliss's bareback. I really apologize about that. Um, just, you know... Have some fun. That's I don't I don't know what uh, Chris. Do you have any um I don't know like a hobby that you can recommend some audience members that might be just needing something to do? Do you have anything? Do you play backgammon? Uh, <laughs> you know I play guitar and uh, video games, but video games can also be frustrating depending on the kind of person you are. So we'll uh, <laughs> <laughs> we'll say uh, I don't know maybe collect pogs. Let's bring the pogs back. Start having oh pog my battles god! On the street. the pog battles would just be amazing. I re- slammers were were um, were awesome, and I remember like the popular pogs was the eight ball. Uh, there was poison and yin yang. Those were like the three cool ones. And there are some listeners, and it might be talking to you guys in general. Who knows? Uh, who have no idea what the fuck we're talking about, Chris, that don't know what a pog is. So, um, weird toy uh, that we played with basically back when we were younger. But, um, yeah, that is pretty much all I had to say about that sort of thing. And also, guys, the patience part. Look, and we're going to evaluate this too, but, like, it doesn't matter if it's if it's a, a critic or, or I see a lot of fan reaction, you know, when Triple H and them made the announcement they were going to make changes, he said within the next couple months. So you guys got to give them a little bit of time. And, you know, if you're complaining that the Revival's getting beat by, you know, Lucha House Party over and over again, and they just get to squash them, it's kind of confusing when you say, well, we see us all the time. It's like, like I said beforehand, would you rather Vince Russo come out, strip every one of the titles, and just start fresh just abruptly? I mean, there's got to be a way to go through this. But either way, maybe that is a good way to transition to talking about Ron SmackDown. Um, something that me and Chris right beforehand were talking about were actually pretty enjoyable shows. I actually had a lot of fun. Um, and I think that the Rey Mysterio um, uh, Andrade match, not Andrade Cienamas, just like not Rey Mysterio Jr. You know, you can't say that anymore. Um, I thought that was a fucking awesome match. And I had a lot of fun and I really enjoyed Vince primarily on Raw, but it's kind of terrifying me at the same time, Chris, Chris, that even though I thought Raw was great, there seems to be, like, Vince's uh, creativeness going into SmackDown a bit that I'm kind of scared about. It wasn't His shadow wasn't there, I, I don't think, as much. And uh, I kind of like Raw being, you know, kind of the uh, variety show, if you will, and SmackDown being more of the the, the more more dedicated to the wrestling. Um, did you kind of see that, or have you seen that at all since they kind of started doing their thing? 
Well, I think you're going to see more of that in general just because we're ramping up towards WrestleMania. So Vince's hands are going to be dirty in both products uh, more than normal. So I think he's going to be dialed a little bit more in. Sometimes that's for the best. Sometimes it can get a little frustrating. We'll see how it goes. I mean, we're still going into Royal Rumble. But, yeah, I mean, this is the time everything starts ramping up, uh, specifically for Vince. And, And with all the recent injuries and changes that they've had to make on the fly this year, He's probably paying a little more attention to it than he normally would um, with SmackDown, but I don't know. It's, it's going to be interesting. You know, we got some new faces that showed up that we're going to talk about. But, uh, yeah, you, you, I can see that there was a little bit, definitely more guided towards the angles. Um, but I think they're also just trying not to wear people out on matches with SmackDown just because the roster is a little more limited. So you end up seeing a lot of the same matches. Uh, a lot of times, if you think about it, or a lot of back and forth just between the same opponents. So it's probably a little bit of him just saying, hey, let's dial back some of the wrestling and add in a lot of stuff with Becky. And, uh, well, we'll we'll get into that when we get to SmackDown, I guess, because there was some high highs and some low lows on that show. I agree with you, man. I, I agree with you. Um, and, you know, I really honestly, I can't believe, I loved, like I said, the Ray and Dreddy match was awesome, but I think I actually enjoyed Raw. And all three hours, I think they did a little bit of weird things towards the end that kind of like maybe, it's it's hard, especially for me and Chris. We both have jobs early in the morning for us to really be, It's it's, it's got to keep us going for at least me not to pass out uh, trying to watch it until 11 o'clock sometimes. So, I watched the whole thing, and I enjoyed the show. Let's start off with the beginning. Monday Night Raw opened uh, with basically Vince pulling up the limo whole thing that they've done a million times being the show. Who's in the limo? Vince McMahon gets out. Uh, you know, he's all in character. He uh, notes to his driver that there's a smudge, and he commands his driver without even saying anything to come over here and, and clean it. Uh, driver tries to clean it. Vince is not happy. He does it. Stupid stuff like that. Then Braun Strowman, uh, he comes out. Uh, talking up winning the WWE Universe title at the Royal Rumble. Uh, Baron Corbin interrupts him uh, and, you know, starts talking shit until Strowman runs after him. Um, by the way, Strowman used to run really well, and now his knees are hurting, and I know that and watch him, and I have bad knees. So, uh, yeah, it just looks kind of painful for him sometimes. Um, but uh, Strowman chased Corbin backstage. Uh, there was a funny part where it's basically just like one long shot. I, I'm assuming they might have filmed all this stuff pre, especially the limo part. Um, who knows? Maybe they did it live. I have no idea. I, I doubt that. But basically, Elias is playing guitar, and he's describing the situation, what's going on, and tips Braun um, where Baron was. I, I thought all this stuff was kind of funny. Strowman chased uh, him over to the limo found that he was inside the limo, grabbed the driver that had to clean the smudge off, uh, so we now know it's Vince McMahon's uh, limo as well, throws him. Uh, he also threw one of the Singh brothers, uh, which did not look fun at all. Man, I, must, I hope they get paid a lot. Um, and then, you know, ended up ripping the door off the limo to get Baron out of there. For some reason, stops and go, you better run, after he finally gets Baron. And has a door in hand, and the humor ensues with Vince coming up and being like, my limo, you idiot. Then we go to break, we come back, and Braun's trying to, like, fix it, sort of, I guess, trying to put the door back in, be like, it's fixed, fine, nothing wrong with it. And Vince tells him that he's going to find him $100,000 for the damages of the vehicle, and Truman's like, it's not even worth that much money. And then for yelling at him, Vince takes away his match, 
at Royal Rumble against Brock Lesnar. And this starts a, a trend within the show, Chris, that will lead to a new person going against them. Uh, you know, I kind of alluded at it earlier, but Braun, uh, his elbows still kind of messed up, and they could risk it where if they were easier on I I forgot how um, they described it, but, like, he gets, he's injured still, but it's more about worried about making him look weak compared to Brock Lesnar if Brock Lesnar pins him again. Uh, so I guess since his elbow's still kind of messed up, they decided to keep him out of the match, and maybe he'll make an appearance at Royal Rumble. I'm not 100% sure, but I think that if that's the case, I think that we got a better situation. I think they built it really well within the show. Uh, Chris, how did you like this wacky, zany, almost like attitude error or even ruthless aggression era comedy thing at the beginning? I honestly thought it was pretty funny, but I could see why people might be repelled um, if if that's not their shtick, you know. Uh, you know, it was it was a a it was what I would expect out of a raw comedy spot. The problem I have with it is that it's Strowman, and Strowman is supposed to be a badass anti-authority figure who didn't give a shit what Stephanie had to say, didn't give a shit what Kurt had to say, and now for some reason he's almost I don't want to say cowering to Vince, but trying to fix the limo and and kind of apologizing and, and that kind of shit's like, what would Austin do? Austin would have flipped the limo or drove over with a monster truck or, or something. So, well, he did this goes the back limo. to, well, yeah, but after I'm sure he was apologizing and kind of, I don't know. It just, it kind of came off like, you know, Sturman's supposed to be this big badass and it's almost like Vince scared him. And I, I didn't like that that much, but outside of it, um, the only other problem I had with it really is Elias telling him, it's not like telling him that Baron was in the limo, um, which is kind of a heel move. And Elias is supposed to be face at this point, I think. Um, yeah, I'm not sure. Of that, I mean, this, this segment was fine. I mean, it didn't, it was a good way to get Strowman out of the title picture. So they came up with a creative way that had some comedy around it to, to actually justify him being removed outside of him just getting jumped and, and getting a random injury, which they just did, you know, recently on NXT, um, not even that long ago with, uh, shit. Like, Alistair I think Black. Al- yeah, Alistair Black. There you go. Uh, so this was, I think this was a creative way around it and it was funny. I, I could see how it could turn some people off. Um, I guess my biggest thing is I, I still hate these long things to start, fucking Monday Night Raw. <laughs> this yep. is like a 15-minute segment, and I think it went in, into commercial in between, if I remember right. Uh, but, you know, it, it was intriguing, and I think a creative way to get them out of a, a story storyline slash booking predicament uh, with Strowman not being 100% ready to go and, and maybe just looking at, do we save that match for down the road because, you know, Brock has beat Strowman twice already. So... You know, and I think that I'm coming to the conclusion, and, you know, maybe he can do something with it. I just feel like Vince looks at Braun the same way he looks at, like, the Big Show. Um, and Big Show's been champion before, but even, like, you know, if we're, if we're to say someone a little bit higher in regard, I guess. I love I love Show, but I'm just saying, like, Taker or, or Andre as in an attraction more so than a dominant champion. Um, I hope that's not the case, and I hope his first championship is not when his, 
you know, everything's fizzled down and people just don't really give a shit. But it feels like that's the way Vince is treating him. Uh, do you think that it might be the case? Uh, potentially. I mean, Vince is looking for – obviously, Vince didn't see him being the guy to kind of take them into the future and hold that title and be the guy that beat Brock Lesnar. I still think he, you know, he sees Roman as going to be that top guy. And I think the absence makes the heart fonder. And when Roman comes back, people are probably going to have a higher opinion of him um, in general. Uh, but, you know, that being said, if he, if he wanted to pull the trigger on that, he would have pulled it in that first match. And when Braun had the head of steam, you know, like going in, he, he had done the funny cello thing and, uh, had had some good matches with Cena and had kind of a hot streak going where it was believable that he could beat Brock. Uh, Brock. Now it's like he's lost to Brock twice. You got to rebuild him. And so far, the only way they've done that is him doing squash matches and kind of acting like, I, don't, I mean, an oaf, just to put it bluntly. Um, I don't know. I just don't, you know, at this point, until they get the title off, Brock decides to walk away for a little bit. I just don't see Braun becoming champion. Yeah, no, I agree. All right. Well, our first match uh, was Sasha Banks and Ronda Rousey going against Tamina and Nia Jax. This was because of last week and that whole um, animosity between Nia Jax and Ronda Rousey bleeding into this. And um, I don't remember Ronda being in this match at all. It, It seemed like it was all Sasha Banks. I think that that was the story they were trying to tell. Like she was, trying to take the match and just make it hers, which is cool. I, I I like Sasha Banks a lot, and I love the boss persona. I wish that they didn't dial it back and have not been doing shit with it for the last couple of years so it would be a little more believable. But I'm glad they're going back in that direction with her. Um, after the match, Rousey and Banks had issues over who was the best in WWE. Basically, a statement was made when Charlie um, was asking them questions. And uh, Rhonda said that she couldn't wait to basically, like, she was trying to be respectful, but she was saying that she couldn't wait to tap her out. And, you know, that kind of turned Sasha a little bit bitchy towards her, and they went back and forth bickered. And she said that she was the best, or she was the best loser. I don't remember exactly. So Rhonda is going from wanting to punch her in the face to realizing, hey, I have a lot of respect for Sasha, you know, I, I want to have a match with her and, and kind of having a conflict with that. So, I mean, they got two more weeks. This is not really that great of a buildup so far. It, it's something. Um, but, I mean, it's Ronda Rousey versus Sasha Banks, so I, I think they're going to have a pretty damn good match. Um, as Banks walked up the entrance ramp, she was uh, flashed a four horsemen sign to Rousey. That was pretty cool, and that was pretty much it. Uh, Chris, the match was whatever, but how do you feel their approach on, you know, kind of stirring the pot of getting the boss, Sasha Banks, versus Roddy Ronarazzi at Royal Rumble? I think Sasha's promo here was, was, I think she had a good back and forth with Ronda, and Ronda's saying, you know, she, she basically was like, I'm, it must be nice to be like the most gracious loser, I think is what she said. She's basically like okay, you're happy with losing, congratulations, which was just challenging, you know, Sasha Banks. And Sasha being, you know, you're not the only person around here that can make people tap after, you know, she just made Tamina tap out with the bank statement. Um, it's kind of, you know, it's it's a build. My problem is they have two weeks to do it. Um, and they tend to waste Sasha with Bailey. They could have been building this thing for a while, but instead they're like, uh, we need to talk about, you know, 
the women's tag team division and what is it called? Like Boston Hug Connection or something, which is like one of the, the most Boston garbage tag Hug team names. Connection. Just like the worst tag team name I think I've ever heard of. Like it, that's like someone threw a <laughs> fucking that's like someone threw their names in a random name generator and was like, let's see what happens. Like some key phrases and just click next a couple times. I was like, okay, that's it. Um, but outside of that, just her relationship with Bailey really brought Sasha down because they never fucking followed through with the story. Did anything. Like they built it and they could have had something cool with, you know, the two best friends hating each other and, Instead, they went to counseling, and now they're in a fucking tag team together. And I guess the idea is eventually they can break that tag team up or whatever the fuck they're going to do. But at this point, no one gives a shit. It's been a year and a half. So hopefully this is a step in the right direction for Sasha, and Ronda can give her a little bit of a rub. But, you know, my worry is they're going to put the fucking titles on Sasha and Bayley in this tag tournament. So we're going to be right back to where we are right after this Royal Rumble more than likely, because neither of them, I don't think, are going to win the Royal Rumble, which would be the only reason they wouldn't win the tag belts. So, I mean, the way they've booked them in the past and in their relationship, my assumption would be that's going to be your tag champions. Yeah, that's what I think, too. Uh, and, I mean, we're, we'll talk about it more later, but the Elimination Chamber, um, the the tag one, I'm I'm assuming Sasha's going to lose – and then her and Bailey will be one of the tag teams in that late elimination chamber. Um, that makes sense. Uh, but a couple other things happened. Um, so they had this long line that was going to Vince's office. Everyone was trying to get a title shot, basically, or, or you know, get in the place uh, to go against Brock Lesnar. Um, some of it was pretty funny, especially, like, when the B team was asked, like, who was going to do it, and they are both like, oh, I thought you were going to. Uh, they also had another spot where Heath Slater said he has kids, and he put Rhino and said that he was going to do it. Uh, Jerry the King Lawler came out of the office, which was just like a random whatever. You know, there's there's Jerry. And, um, yeah, this is, a, this is a trend that we'll see throughout the night. People like uh, Lacey Evans, like EC3, like Heavy Machinery, they were just kind of sprinkled in here and there. Um and then Bailey and Natalia bickered about the Rousey Banks issue and the Riot Squad issued a challenge, and they had to get a third person for that challenge. We'd find out later on who that was. Um, How would you feel about these segments? And my, my specific question with this, Chris, is, you know, when we're making predictions about the call-ups, I said the only ones that I thought that Vince would really see anything in uh, or potential in, or who I think would actually do the best out of the listed, was Nikki Cross, because she's something different for the women's division, and Lars Sullivan. Nikki got a match. Obviously, that's what we were just referencing. Um, and, you know, the, we'll, we'll talk about the situations with Lars. Apparently, he had a really bad panic attack and um, didn't or couldn't go to his, his previous match from the week before. It's not going to look good in Vince's eyes. You know, that's unfortunately, um, and when it comes to mental health, I completely understand what people with that, uh, but unfortunately, Vince, sneezing is a fucking hint at weakness. So, that's not good. Apparently, they're building for him to go potentially against John Cena for WrestleMania. That's a huge... Those are the only ones I really thought had a potential to get a push. The other ones I thought were going to kind of be in the background, and, you know, it seems like they are in the background. 
And I guess they're going to be flopping on both shows until they find a, 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 the right place for them. I don't know what the fuck that means. How do you feel about all this? Are they executing it properly, in your opinion? I, I, well, I guess we'll get into the segment with Paul Heyman later um, and a member of the War Machine. Uh, but EC3 showed up on both shows. Which uh, <laughs> EC3 showing up on both shows leads me to believe that which we'll get into WrestleMania predictions later, but when you're looking at that battle Royal, I think that he could be a strong contender and uh, anyone missing a match for any reason when booked ahead of time is usually bad news. So uh, hopefully Vince will be okay with it and and it won't become a huge deal, but I don't, I I mean, EC3 looks like he's surprisingly going to get a push. I didn't think he would. Um, But then again, Vince likes that look. So, I'm, I'm not 100% surprised. The Jerry the King Lawler thing was interesting because he came out and said that he's going to be calling a match at Rumble. So that's kind of just like a little Easter egg that was sprinkled in there, which I thought was a little fun. And uh, the segment itself, I, you know, it was entertaining. It, it, you know, it's a bunch of people just further building up the Beast character for Brock Lesnar by being scared and not wanting to face him, which makes sense. You have people like the B-Team and Heath Slater and Rhino, and it's fine for those guys and what they're currently doing on the card and what they're going to be doing going forward to be scared of Brock Lesnar. So I had no problem with it. Yeah, no, and I agree with you. And also Jerry Lawler um, just re-upped his uh, contract. He just re-signed with WWE. So I guess on the Legends deal, but I'm assuming this might mean that we're going to see him a little bit more. I don't know. Uh, But that is cool that he's going to be doing that. And, uh, you know, they were in Memphis. So I guess the King of Tennessee can come up and, do whatever he wants. It was just a nice little, nice little fun thing. You know, they, they've always had this kind of SNL quality about their humor, maybe like a conservative SNL. Um, but you know, these, these type of segments have done right. They can make them pretty entertaining. Um, okay. So we have the revival defeating Lucha house party, uh, great Metalik and Kalisto. Scott Dawson dropped Metalik with a DDT before covering him for the pinfall victory. Metalik got the foot on the rope, but Dashwinder knocked it off before the referee could see it. Uh, they just did this whole entire thing opposite ways, and Scott Dawson got screwed over. Um, look, I like I said, I understand the complaints about why the fuck is Revival going against the Lucha House Party. Um, again. But then again, they finally got a win. They basically dominated the whole entire time. So whatever. As long as we can get past this and try to figure out something, which who knows? Maybe we won't. But either way, that's, that's just how it's going to have to be for now. I'm, that, that's the only answers I got for you. I, I, can, I can wait. And as long, if the wrestling is good, I'm okay with it. And um, it's fine. I just, like, like a lot of people, would like a change of pace with who the fuck the revival is going against. And uh, as long as it's not – the, the, the Lucha, um, I was about to say Lucha Underground. <sighs> Lucha House Party. Uh, Chris, what did you think about this match? Well, I mean, they only have like three fucking tag teams on Raw. Like, <laughs> that's a good point. <laughs> you have Lucha House Party, the B team, and Authors of Pain. Authors of Pain champions. So if you're going to build them up, they got to go against one of those two teams. Unless you're going to put Rhino and Heath back together and roll, roll that out. But, yeah, I mean, they just don't have anyone else. So you're going to see a lot of this. My my main problem with the way the revival is being booked is it did the same thing last year with the heel tag team where they just had them getting screwed over. Like heel tag team shouldn't be the ones getting screwed over. It doesn't make any sense. You would think it would be the, uh, a face tag team getting screwed screwed over 
and taking losses. Like, no one should care if the Revival's getting screwed over. They're supposed to be, like, old-school heels. Um, so that's my biggest problem with the way they've been booked so far. And them taking losses in that manner does not help their cause at all over the past, I guess, it's been about three or four weeks. Um, but, yeah, I mean, this was just kind of a nothing match and doesn't help the Revival. And I don't think – I mean, I think people see Lucha House Party – same way they see the B team. Like, there's not any actual contenders on Raw except for Authors of Pain. And the way they made War Machine look is they may be splitting them up based on what they do later in the show. That leads me to believe that they like one of the members of War Machine better than the other. And they probably won't even end up being a tag team, which I think is a fucking travesty for a show that needs a tag team. You're talking about um, uh, Heavy Machinery. Yeah, heavy um, machinery. Sorry, not yeah. war machine. It's okay. It's war machine, fault, war yeah. raiders, that's, heavy that's machinery. <laughs> exactly. No, I, I agree. Um, but yeah, no, I, 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 it's it's whatever. I mean, that's the biggest thing. I think everyone would have had a problem with is why are you making this this heel team get screwed over by the baby faces? How does that even make any sense? And well, uh, the only hey, tag team. They, Oh, sorry. The only other tag team that is even viable is Bobby Roode and uh, Chad Gable, and they kind of make them well. They have like the titles. Geek. Yeah, I know, but they they just make them consistently look like geeks. Like they're not. They're just transitioning yeah. until authors get the titles back. Like I know. I understand and... they have the titles, but I assume EOP is going to have the titles at Mania, and then it'll be fucking revival or. Still bring someone in, some something like some way to to build a tag team. But I'm assuming it's going to be revival versus AOP and revival finally getting a tag push because I don't think they're going to let them walk um, out of their out of the contract. I don't think so either. And um, I have some ideas about that, but we'll get into that during the WrestleMania predictions for sure. All right. So Vince McMahon hit the ring, and before he could speak, John Cena interrupted him. Cena said he deserves a shot at Lesnar because he has ruthless aggression. Throwback to that whole entire thing, which in a way doesn't really make too much sense since he was still the uh, whatever the hell his old persona was. He wasn't John Cena or, or the the king of thugonomics, he, you know, um, the prototype. That's what his, his name was. Uh, but whatever. Um it was a throwback, pretty cool. Drew McIntyre and Baron Corbin both came out, so they deserve a title match. Finn Balor came out to the ring, and he I, I really enjoyed Finn during this. I like that, you know, whoever wrote it, um, I like that Finn Balor said that, you know, you never believed in me, talking to Vince, uh, but the WWE Universe does. The four men then brawled, and McIntyre was the lone man standing. McMahon announced a fatal four-way for number one contender spot later in the evening. Then backstage, Jordan Mahal requested to be included in the four-way. And McMahon told him to pick one of the four members to have a match with. And Mahal chose Balor, which would make sense. I get it based on size, but since Balor's beaten you the last three times you guys have faced each other, not also a good decision, um, gender, but, you know, what are you going to do? Also, what is Vince McMahon's obsession with beef? There's a lot of beef in this ring. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Chris, what did you think about all this? I think he was playing up what people believe and think or have heard about Vince McMahon. 
Um, my problem with this is as soon as Finn Balor showed up on Raw, they gave him the fucking title originally. <laughs> so it's not that Vince didn't believe in him. It's that he got hurt and lost the title. <laughs> I think it's easy to forget that, but he was the first Universal Champion. Like, he beat Seth Rollins, and he was in line for a massive push. Uh, so, yeah, I, I don't know. That that was my only thing about, like, you know, did you not really believe in him? Because you fucking gave him the title. But uh, it made sense. I mean, him saying, like, you don't have yep. size, all you have is speed. Um, it plays in events and kind of the persona that people know him as. So I, I thought it was kind of well done. Um, and they try to try I mean, they always kind of try to make Jenner look like an idiot, uh, at least as of late. So it's not surprising that he would pick Finn Balor, especially when they're talking about beef, all of the beef. Um, of course, he's going to pick the smaller guy, kind of listening to uh, Finn and, and those cats. But, um, but yeah, I, I agree with you. I, I thought this was kind of well done, and you know, I right away I led up to it. it was like this could be a huge moment for Finn because now he's got to win two matches in one night to get a title shot. So right off the bat, that's kind of where. I thought the story was going, and I thought that was, you know, a really good angle, especially with them talking about the amount of beef and, and the guys being, uh, which is still funny to fucking say, uh, uh, these guys being kind of monsters, um, because it does build up to the fact that at the end of the day, he's going to have to fight Brock Lesnar. If he wins all of this, he's still going to have to fight the beast among men, you know. So I thought it played well into that. I think it definitely did, too. All right, we had a match with Bailey, Natalia, and Nikki Cross going against the Riot Squad. Uh, it ended with Bailey hit the uh, diving elbow drop on Liv Morgan for the pinfall. I like Bailey getting a win, but I feel like since Nikki was wrecking house the whole entire time, and it was her, you know, her introduction on Raw. She's already, you know, gone against Becky on SmackDown in England. Um, might have wanted to get the the pin, but. I mean, the match was whatever. I like the part, though, where Ruby Riot, actually, because she knows Nikki from her past, she's kind of, like, apprehensive to get in the ring with her. And then when they're fighting, uh, Nikki went underneath the ring and came up and was pulling, like, Undertaker-style Ruby Riot out the ring. I just love her energy. I just hope the audience gets it. Um, I don't think she would have done that well with the, uh, the, uh, the crowd from Alabama on SmackDown. Uh, but... She did get a reaction, which is good. Um, but, yeah, then backstage, Lacey Evans was shown chatting with women superstars. I already kind of mentioned that. Um, and we had the match with Jinder and Finn. Um, before the match would start, Samir Singh held Balor's leg, giving Mahal a cheap shot to start off. And, you know, Balor got a comeback and landed the Coupe de Gras to get the pinfall. Um, what did you think about the ladies' match? And what do you think about the match with Finn and Jinder Mahal? I thought it was a great breakout dude, moment. Maharaja. Like a great breakout opening moment for Nikki Cross. And obviously they see a lot in Nikki Cross. Um, weird she still has Sanity music when she's not with Sanity. I mean, I know like I probably know. most people don't, don't give a shit, but they've had like three months to give her different music at this point. <laughs> so like I don't know if she's going to end up with Sanity, which I think could be interesting. Uh, like I feud with her and Asuka, but with Sanity around. Um, could be fun. Uh, I don't know. I it's I, it's it's kind of a weird place, but I, the women's roster is actually really strong. Um, 
when you look around, if it was booked properly, I think that we could probably say a lot better stuff about Raw's women's uh, division, which is right now is just going to be top heavy because of Ronda, which is not you know Ronda's fault. It's just how they're booking her. Um, you know, they're booking her very strong. She's going to win a lot, but they don't really do a good job at building the mid card because they just do a bunch of this shit where it's like three v threes all the time. Uh, but out of this, I thought Nikki Cross looked the best in the match. Not anything against Bailey or Natalia. It's just her first match, and she really kind of showed her character and continued to do so on Twitter this week. Lots of selfies of her being crazy, and just fun stuff all around. Um, I'm excited to see what they do with her. Hopefully, they give her some sort of push. I think she, to me, she always kind of fell more as a fan favorite than a than a heel. I know that she's maniacal, but I think she's like maniacal in a in a good way the kind of crazy you want to cheer for a little bit, or at least in my opinion. Um, and it's been that way since she left Sanity. Like, with that NXT run, for me, that's kind of how I felt about her. But I could be wrong. So it's just going to be interesting to see how she's looked. Kind of like um, like Mankind when he first uh, turned baby back in the day. Like, crazy, but you want to root for him. Yeah, exactly. Or... Um, if you go like more TNA with it, uh, was Zack Ryder's girlfriend? I cannot think of her name. Oh, Laura right Van Ness, yeah. yeah. Yeah, Laura Van Ness, where she plays that character, but you kind of want to root for her. Like the stuff she did with uh, with Grado and, and like that. It was a fun character. And I think Nikki Cross can be obviously a better version of that. Because uh, I just think she's a little better in the ring. Nothing against Laura Van Ness. I think she's, a, she's a, also a great athlete. It's recently signed to WWE, right? Just to the NXT Performance Center. It's going to be interesting to see what they do with those two. And maybe you end up with just two different kinds of crazies on two different brands, which would be fine. God, I want that. Um, <laughs> but yeah, like, it's, it was a good, for me, it was a good, like, opening night for Nikki Cross, especially if you look at how the rest of the people from NXT were kind of treated. Um, where there's, you know, I, I'm not that they were treated bad, they just. She had an actual fucking match, and they kind of were just standing around for the most part. So, Yep. Yeah, man. Now I need to see Chelsea Green versus Nikki Cross, you know, where they just beat the living hell out of each other, and at the end they're, like, smiling and jumping up and down. That would be great. All right, so we had an Intercontinental Championship match. Bobby Lashley defeated Dean Ambrose and Seth Rollins for the IC Championship. Finally, Bobby Lashley has some gold. Uh, I didn't realize he never won the IC championship beforehand. I guess he was just the ECW heavyweight champion. I think he had the U.S. belt at some point. But, yeah, Rollins went for curb stomp, but Leo Rush pulled the top rope down. Lashley hit Ambrose with a spear for the pinfall. I actually thought this was a pretty good match, very competitive. I liked all three guys. Seth Rollins is a, is, is a beast. Um, I'm just wondering if people, including me, or, or Chris for that matter, really want to see – any more progression in the story with Dean Ambrose and Seth Rollins that it seems like it's going to keep on going, possibly all the way to Elimination Chamber. Um, and uh, I don't see Bobby Lashley having that icy title that long. I got to be honest with you. Um, I, don't, I definitely don't. I don't think it's going to be him having it at Mania. I could be wrong, but that's just my opinion. Uh, either way, give Bobby something to do. I like him and Leo as a uh, as a, as a unit. Um, but yeah. I, I really don't care. I knew I, I didn't want Seth Rollins to get it. That's all I have to say. I love people putting 
you know, more into the title than it, than it kind of has value of Chris. But at the same time, I think Seth did as much as he fucking could do with that damn title. It's time to get him into the main title picture or something like a marquee match. That's pretty big uh, for mania. Uh, what did you think about this match? I mean, barring any kind of crazy signing, I think this match made a lot of sense because to me, Seth Rollins should win the Royal Rumble and probably should be the guy to take on Brock. Um, at, at Does he have enough beef? I don't know if he has enough beef, but he's definitely the biggest star they have on Raw, and they should treat him as such. And to me, it makes sense because now you can just have Dean want his rematch, Bobby Lashley, and, and get his rematch because Dean is successfully defended against Seth. Seth can get put into the Royal Rumble match. Dean can fall back to the Intercontinental, uh, like Intercontinental match and still end up in the Rumble, so you can still build manimosity between... Uh, you know, Rollins and Dean throughout this if you want to. Uh, because, you know, Brock's not going to be around every week leading up to fucking Mania, so that gives him something to do. Really? But Rollins is like a... a <laughs> yeah, so Rollins is a strong pick for me to, to actually fucking win the Royal Rumble. Um, so, to me, this makes a lot of sense because you can kind of squash... Like, he's not going to go after Bobby Lashley. His beef is with Dean, and Dean's obviously just coming back. I don't think he's going to get a big push, so it makes sense to have you know, Leo Rush and Bobby Lashley versus Dean Ambrose. See, see where it goes from there, I guess. It's just kind of weird because Dean's a heel and Bobby Lashley and Leo Rush are heels, I guess. Leo Rush definitely is. He's playing a fucking heel manager, but Bobby Lashley doesn't yeah. have any discernible, Bobby Lashley doesn't have any discernible uh, personality, so it's hard to tell with him. Can we can we get Dean to tweener status between now and Mania to like give a little bit? Because I really the way that they're handling him as a heel, and I don't think it's his fault because, you know, we've talked about this before. We've seen him as this weird-ass heel. Um, I just I, – I feel like they got to do something with them after this whole Seth Rollins thing. I, I, I don't know. And um, I don't know. Um, I mean, if he just, gets screwed over by Leo – I mean, if he gets screwed over by Leo a lot, you can build him back up as a face. But the other thing is we still don't know – we still don't have a when Roman is coming back, right? So we don't have a date for yeah. that. And since Dean is the one that was talking shit to Roman, I feel like if Roman is going to be ready to go at Mania, which probably not likely, but I'm not going to say impossible, that's a way to get there, right? So you could you can still keep Dean heel or I don't know. It's just a little weird situation. Dean is just kind of in the wings because I think that is going to be the first feud when Roman comes back as Roman versus Dean. I can see it. All right, so we had a stagehand trying to give Alexa Bliss her coffee. She's taken on more of a persona, uh, at least with last week, like, um, oh, man, I can't remember the name of that movie, uh, Devil Wears Prada uh, type of thing. And they kind of had, like, an Attitude Era scene where the guy walks in and she's kind of shirtless, but... You can only see her back, but it's like, all right, I, I, I guess salaciousness for the for the sake of it. Um, I don't know. It's so funny, Chris, how like a scene can go from um, when you were younger and going through puberty. Apparently, this video has millions and millions upon millions of views already, which is kind of creepy. Um, you know, stuff like that was great, but now it's kind of like, eh, it's kind of make me feel weird. 
and not a good way at all. Um, Alexa Bliss debuted her Moment of Bliss with her guest, uh, Paul Heyman. Bliss announced that the Elimination Chamber would have three teams from Raw and three teams from SmackDown to compete uh, to crown the first women's tag team titles inside the chamber itself. Heyman came out and talked up Raw's main roster and Lesnar's uh, potential opponent before Otis Dozovich uh, from Heavy Machinery hit the stage and um, ended the uh, segment kind of abruptly, uh, just spouting out Pretty Lady and a bunch of um, gobbledygook. Uh, and then uh, Travis Knight, or I think that's his name. I don't remember the other guy. He's not really that memorable. Sorry. Uh, but Knight came up and grabbed his partner and took him back in the back and apologized. Uh, what the hell was all this, Chris? This is probably the, the worst part of Raw, I think. All of it. I mean, anytime they give Alexa Bliss some sort of name segment, I know it's going to be fucking awful. Not even Paul Heyman can save the thing. So, like, I'm not God, surprised. Yeah, it really shouldn't be that bad. But it always is. <laughs> but it is. I don't know why. She's fine she's when, she's promoing against, when she's promoing against another wrestler. But as soon as they give her one of these fucking, like, Roddy Piper's Piper's Pit or Jericho's Highlight Reel or what was the other one that Mankind used to do, This Is Your Life. Anytime they try yeah. to give her something like that, it just fucking tanks. I mean, it's just awful. Um, this was the worst thing on the show, easily. And, like... It was it was really weird that they pulled this random attitude error thing because it led to nowhere, other than the fact that she started getting catcalled when she came out. Like, a fucking, I I guess it led to YouTube views for like fourteen year olds. Whatever. That, I, that's I, why they did you know, it. If it's they, sad. If they if they were gonna do it and it actually led to something, I would be a little more forgiving. But because it was just a random fucking spot that wasn't talked about, like again and probably won't be mentioned again by WWE. It was just kind of fucking dumb. Um, and, you know, whatever. Like, that, they're going to... They're WWE every once in a while. They're going to have been dumb like that. At least they're not calling Mickey James Piggy James and have divas running around fat-shaming each other. And There's not bra and panties matches. Shit could be a lot worse. Like, <laughs> I'm just saying. It could be a lot worse. But it is, like... It's fucking weird. Like, Alexa Bliss is your former champion in the new women's era. Like, we're going to talk about this on SmackDown, too, because there was also another weird fucking one of these attitude error type scenes. And I'm like, why? Like, maybe maybe I'm being an asshole about it, but it's just dumb. No, here's a question. I mean,. It's not that I'm getting offended by it, and I'm sure that Alexa had input on it. I mean, I will, I will quote Ryan Satin uh, from uh, Pro Wrestling Sheet on his show. He said that he heard that that was actually like an idea they threw around, and she thought it would be fine. Either way, it's not that it offends me. It just there's no fucking point for it, and it's weird, and it makes me feel awkward as shit. Especially like we'll talk with the SmackDown one, the infidelity whole thing. Like maybe that's our age level, I guess now, or our maturity rate. I, I just don't feel like that should really be a part of wrestling anymore. Then again, you know, some chick shoved a tampon down someone's throat. So whoever the, I guess art is art. I don't fucking know. What do you think? I mean, I I agree with you 100%. But if you're going to do it, here's the thing: it's got to fucking go somewhere. It can't just be someone just doing it for no fucking reason. Yeah. Yeah, like maybe Rose is at least that was part of the storyline. Like, like, at least they've been going to the main Rose storyline with Jay, you know? Yeah. And, yeah, 
exactly. But uh, like I mean, like for instance, like even someone like Val Venus, his storyline, his gimmick was that he was a fucking porn star. Like that was his gimmick. You know what I mean? So like you can do salacious stuff other ways. To me, it's just gotta build to something. Like I'm not offended by it. Like obviously, I think you know in this era, if she felt uncomfortable doing it, she wouldn't have fucking done it. Um, exactly. It just yep. didn't, didn't fucking do anything, and it made the show awkward and immediately caused people to be like, "What the fuck was that about?" And it, on both sides of the fence, you had, like, 14-year-olds that were super excited about it, and then people like me and you was like, what the fuck was, what was that? Like, it didn't go anywhere. They didn't mention it. You just had uh, some weird commentary by the commentary team, and then that was kind of the end of it. And then she did this fucking, instead of having her wrestle a match or something, they had her do this moment of bliss, which was just a terribly written segment. And, like, all of a sudden, there was just shades of Vince Russo, like, fucking sitting in a strip club writing. Hey, bro. Then we're going to send out Chris Farley, bro, and he's going to go out there and make up mumbling noises, bro, and he's got a beard and shit, bro. Uh, yeah. Like, I mean, that, that's right. the level of writing it came off as. But, you know, let's move along because me and you both could bitch about this all night, I think. Yep. I, yeah. Ugh, wow. All right. So, number one um, contender for WWE Universal Championship match, Finn Balor, Baron Corbin, John Cena, Drew McIntyre. Awesome match. Um, actually, this probably is my second favorite match of the week between Raw and SmackDown after the Andretti uh, Ray match. But this was a fun match. Balor landed a coup de gras on Cena for the pinfall to earn a title match against Lesnar at Royal Rumble. After the match, Cena said he believes in Balor just like the WWE Universe and hugged him, uh, giving him a huge rub. You know, I, I really do. And I'm, I'm like you, man. The Balor's getting buried. Okay, he's the first Universal Champion. Um, un- unfortunately, he got injured. Sign of weakness. We already talked about that with Vince. Uh, Roman just recently gave him a rub after he won the title and said, you deserve a title shot uh, because you never got your title shot match. I- all I'm trying to say is everyone says this person's getting buried. This person's getting buried. They need to go to AEW. It's like, are they really getting fucking buried? I- Someone told me Daniel Bryan's getting buried. I go, for what? For getting the title and, having- and being able to you know, have his own persona? Like, that he came up with for a heel? How the fuck is he getting married? I, what is wrong with people? Sorry. Anyways. I, I mean, I, um, I, I agree with you. The, the thing I would say, you know, about Finn Balor is they, they're they very fucking top-heavy on Raw and were top-heavy. You had Braun, you had Roman Reigns, and you had Brock Lesnar. And then you still had Seth Rollins hanging around the top of the card. It's like you can't just throw Finn Balor back up there to the top. Um and fucking Samoa Joe and Kevin Owens, like, after he lost that belt, there was a lot of fucking people there that, you know, were really good and deserving of the same kind of push, especially if you're talking about Samoa Joe and, and Braun, who were the other two people that challenged for the for the fucking title against Brock. Like, I don't, I don't think he got fucking buried. I think they just didn't have anything interesting for him to do, which is very different. And now he's getting a fucking, you know, he's getting a little bit of a push. He just beat... You know, Corbin, Cena, and Drew McIntyre. And fucking beating Cena alone is always a big accomplishment. And fucking Drew McIntyre is going to get a huge push. Like, easily could be... He's definitely going to be in one of my Mania predictions, put it that way. Yeah, and uh, the thing is, is, is people quit talking on behalf of your wrestling... You know, your wrestler that you really like that you think is getting buried about saying that he can leave, blah, 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 blah. I don't know how many times I hear, if it's Samoa Joe who's on an interview, like, 
I do what they tell me, you know, we work together, I'm enjoying my time, everyone thinks I'm getting screwed over, blah, 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 but, you know, I've been in wrestling for a while, guys. Same thing that Carl Anderson was on, he goes, are you kidding me? Like, they, they, I think it was Sam Roberts. Sam Roberts was, was, was talking to Carl Anderson and, you know, mentioned something about thinking that they're getting buried, and he goes, look, I'd like to be on TV more, but... We, like, you know, we're, we're, me and, or, uh, what do you say? He said Gallows asked already if he could, like, be a part of the legend section, if he could just be part of the alumni and just skip to that. Like, you know, we're making, they're making money. You know, I understand you don't get to see them, and it must be frustrating for some of them to be on main event and on Ron SmackDown, and I'm sure everyone wants a spotlight, but only so many fucking people can have a spotlight. That's just how it is, especially with the amount of wrestlers that they have. So unless you want them to release these people, to make room for your friend or whoever that you think is getting buried, just chill out in retrospect. You know, I, I don't know. Maybe that'll be the theme of tonight going into stuff. Um, I do mean, you have any other wanna, comments you, about Raw before we go into SmackDown? I mean, I'm just going to say, if you want to talk about someone getting buried, look at like fucking Vader and Vader's run in WWF. Like to me, yeah. that is getting buried where you're fucking losing to everyone or Terry Taylor getting fucking Saddled with the gimmick, the Red Rooster, like yep. Zach Ryder. Hey, baby, what about some Pop polka dot? Huge star. <laughs> yeah, like, like buried is not like you won the Universal Title and then they didn't have anything. <laughs> like that's not getting fucking buried. Like, I think people throw around the term buried a lot. Um, now, what you can say, if you're talking about someone you really like, which I do kind of every time we talk about Samoa Joe, is like, why the fuck did they not put the title on him when he fought Brock after he had that awesome promo and grabbed Paul Heyman by his throat? And they were trying to look for a top heel that wasn't Brock. Like, they should have put the fucking title. But you know, that's, that's a different conversation. That's not saying someone got buried. That's saying you don't necessarily agree with the way they're being buried to me is a whole fucking different thing. You say someone's getting buried, like, uh, fucking, that's a that's a harsh thing to say. <laughs> buried is like I, I I mean Zach Wright Zach Ryder got buried. Like if you want a recent example, Zach Ryder fucking got buried. I agree, and you know also if you guys want to see a really good movie, Buried with um, Ryan Reynolds, uh, very underrated I think. Uh, anyways, let's move to SmackDown and uh, let's talk about some Becky. Uh, the man showed up in her vehicle. Dasha, uh, whatever robot they got to interview her, um, came up, had a conversation, uh, basically insulted Becky about if she was ready for Oscar. Becky said she was going to go make that announcement and threw her keys to her to go park her car. Went by Heavy Machinery in the New Day, uh, Otis Dojevich, uh, whatever the hell his last name is. I do like Otis. He's got charisma. And his match against um, Tommaso Ciampa probably about a month ago was actually pretty damn good. His his I I honestly I'm I'm not trying to be mean, but if there's going to be any potential, the partner is going to have to get out of here. I mean, it's that type of situation. Otis is definitely more the energy, if you will, within that group. He's making this weird fucking concoction with beef and tuna and all this other crap. And uh, unless they were really slick and were able to change the drink abruptly, uh, Becky came over like it was nothing. Took a sip out of it, said that it was weak. And walked away. I loved uh, Xavier Woods' um, reaction, him opening up his shirt, exposing the fact that he had a The Man shirt on. Uh, Becky uh, opened the show, called out Asuka, saying the champ uh, is finding out 
how difficult it is to carry that woman's uh, division like she did. Asuka came out and said after the Rumble, Lynch wouldn't be in Charlotte's shadow any longer. She'd be in her shadow. The Iconics... Oh, by the way, Alabama, thank you for being so classy and just not being able to handle yourselves with saying what uh, during Asuka and later on with Andretti's promos. I appreciate that. Anyways, um, and said after the Royal Rumble, Lynch wouldn't be in Charlotte. Oh, yeah, I already said that. And I'm not reading anything, I, I swear to God. The Iconics interrupted them and talked down their bullying behavior. They said they'd go on to win the Royal Rumble, become the Women's Tag Team Champions, and main event WrestleMania, proving that the Iconics have no idea how the fuck it works. Uh, Lynch then challenged one of, the, one, of, uh, one of the duo to a match. Basically, whoever wants to get in here, I'm going to beat their ass. And then, for some reason, Lynch sold to Peyton Royce for a while. I, I didn't get this. This this one thing that really bothered me, actually, with the night. Lynch finished off Royce with a disarmor after a pretty decent back-and-forth match. Um, after the match, Asuka hopped in the ring and challenged Billy Kay to a match. It's like, if, if you're going to beat one of them, I'm going to beat the other one. And I kind of like the concept of having Asuka go again, instead of, all right, now impromptu tag match. You know, they kind of changed it up, but Asuka destroyed Billy Kay. And I understand Peyton, out of the two of them, is the better wrestler. But at the same time, why would I want – it's kind of like with Braun, and, and for good reason, and I'm going to do this with, with Becky. Stone Cold wouldn't get her ass kicked by someone that much in a match, even if she ends up winning it out of the – like, not someone like Peyton Royce. I'm sorry, it just wouldn't happen. And I don't think it helps her that Asuka destroyed the other one within a couple seconds. I think there was a commercial break with Becky and Peyton, if I'm not wrong. Uh, Chris, how did you feel about this opening and the two matches with the two ladies? I, I agree with you. I think that the, you know, the match itself, you could have Becky Lynch finish this off pretty quickly. I don't think it would have hurt anything, but I think they see something in Peyton Royce um, future. So obviously you want to get rid of the time. And then the opening itself went a little long. So, it did one of my least favorite things in all of WWE, which, hey, let's do a long time on this segment. That way that we have to fucking take a break during the match so that they basically have to pause and roll around the outside of the ring until the commercial ends. It's just the format of SmackDown um, a lot. So I, I think it had more to do with that as far as how the offense and the, and the kind of match went the way it did. But, yeah, I kind of agree with you. I wish it would have just been straight Becky Lynch destroyed or whatever, um, just because of her character. But, you know, they did give her the big opening moment, um, which I thought was, was real. like I said, the Xavier Woods spot, like you said, was fucking hilarious. Xavier Woods is awesome. Um, and then Asuka defeating Billy Kay. Makes sense. They're trying to keep Becky and Asuka on the same page as far as their wins and losses right now. So, uh, makes sense. The, uh, Cut. I, I, They're catching I, up I mean, on Asuka, basically. Yeah, I thought both matches were fine for what they were doing. And they're giving Becky Lynch additional stuff. Um, didn't she punch Peyton Royce in the face or in the throat? Like she that had was one awesome. badass, one badass moment where she just fucking punched Peyton Royce right in the throat. So even if she gave her some offense, she did punch her in the throat, which was like probably the most badass thing on this entire show. <laughs> like it looks brutal. Yeah. She should change yeah, that to right like one that. of her finishers <laughs> or something. <laughs> like it was awesome. And Royce yeah, Seth right, sold she... it like a champ too. Yeah, Peyton Royce is good at selling. I'll definitely give her that. I agree with you. Um, should Becky, since she's been doing the stunner on the uh, house show, should she just, like, hit her in the throat and then, you know, instead of the kick, and then get fucking come down with a stunner? I'm just kidding. 
All right. Um, I mean, that would be awesome. That would make a lot of sense and be fucking really cool. <laughs> I think I think Stone Cold would mark out. He'd be like, oh, my gosh, you hit the stunner. I actually did it right. I'm like, KO. Um, <laughs> listen, listening to Stone Cold Steve Austin give Kevin Owens shit on his episode of, of the show and explain to him the fundamental – way to do it, and the reasoning of how it would knock someone unconscious was just absolutely hilarious. Um, anyways, AJ Styles interrupted Asuka's stare down with Lynch abruptly, out of nowhere, for no fucking reason. They need to stop doing that. Cut to something in the back. It's weird. It's just like when Heyman and Alexa Bliss were standing there, and all of a sudden they just switched to the main event, and it's like, oh, okay. Like, it just... It's, it, it just seems jarring. And he came down to the arena to go back up through the crowd to get the concession stand. Whatever. Um, called out Daniel Bryan while tossing t-shirts and giving out hot dogs to the fans opposite of Bryan's uh, last week, uh, which was hilarious. Uh, Bryan attacked Styles out of nowhere and two brawled around the concourse. Styles put Bryan through a table uh, full of hot dogs and mustard. And poor, poor Daniel Bryan had to have that all over his face. And then security pulled him away. Um, after that, the Usos were shown backstage and Jimmy received a gift, uh, a little letter that he thought might be from his lady for an early anniversary gift from Naomi. And uh, for some reason, I understand they're twins, but I, I talk to my brother all the time. If I got something in the mail and it potentially could have something revealing with my wife, I probably wouldn't want him to open it up or talk about something like that. But who knows? Maybe twins are different. Uh, there should have been some twin magic in all this, so I have to fucking say. Uh, but whatever. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, my favorite part of that, Chris, was so what are you going to do? I don't know. Guys, there's a camera on you. <laughs> it, was uh, like very fucking, right. it was very fucking Bill and Ted for some reason. <laughs> like, I don't know. What do you think you're going to do, man? <laughs> like, it was very weird. Um, yeah, let's, let's move on. We'll talk about that in a <laughs> Samoa Joe uh, uh, went against Masafa Ali, um, and that never started. Joe attacked Ali before the match. And just beat the living hell out of him. Uh, so it looks like Joe wants to give Ali a little bit of a rub. Um, I'm assuming this is going to lead to something with them. Maybe Ali eliminating Samoa Joe at WrestleMania. Or not WrestleMania. At the Royal Rumble. As You know, maybe this, this could potentially, it's not on my list, but potentially be a match at Mania maybe that they're going to slowly build towards. You know, him getting redemption at Royal Rumble, eliminating Samoa Joe. Samoa Joe gets pissed, gets it back in the ring, beats the living shit out of Ali, causes him the match you know, like they do at Royal Rumble, and then maybe at Elimination Chamber, they have a one-on-one. This actually could be pretty interesting, but the only thing, I mean, I guess the same thing as like Finn Balor versus Brock Lesnar. It doesn't really seem believable is what I'm trying to say. Um, What what do you think about this angle? Do you think it's a good thing for Mustafa Ali? I think it is a good thing for Mustafa Ali. He recently was talking about um, how Vince said he was really good as working as like an underneath babyface, you know, like, with his comebacks and stuff. Like he was talking about that in the interview recently. And the fact that Vince is like telling him stuff like that, maybe there's something in the future for him. And I think one thing SmackDown has really lacked on is building back up the United States title. And I could see him as someone that could possibly get the United States title in some sort of fucking crazy ladder match or something in the near future, um, whether it be an elimination chamber or they could do an inter a U.S. Championship inter, like Elimination Chamber match, or or some kind of crazy fucking ladder match at uh, Mania. 
but yeah, I think it's, you know, Samoa Joe giving you a rub is never a bad thing. And especially if he gets a, a win or, or a few wins over Joe or gets an elimination at Rumble, like that could be pretty cool and interesting. Absolutely. And yeah, I think it was uh, his interview with Chris Jericho. And basically, uh, from what he said, Vince told him that he's one of the only baby faces that he thinks can actually gain sympathy from a crowd, uh, which is something that you don't rarely find. But then again, two of the people recently that had that Triple H turned Johnny Gargano heel and Daniel Bryan went heel. So, uh, yeah, it's really hard being a baby face nowadays, especially that style of baby face. But, um, I, I'm really interested in this whole entire thing. I'll definitely wait. All right, back to Mandy Rose. She was shown backstage getting all ready, uh, where she told Sonya Deville she wanted to make Naomi's life miserable and break up her marriage with Jimmy Uso. What the fuck did she do to her to get her this pissed off is what I would like to know. Um, let's let's finish the Jimmy Uso-Mandy Rose stuff before we talk about Andretti and, and Rey Mysterio. So basically this accumulates to Jimmy Uso went to Mandy Rose's hotel room, uh, basically was there to tell her Mandy Rose revealed her outfit, which was very, um, she's, she's a very, very pretty lady. Um, uh, and, uh, you know, made, made an offering. Jimmy said that they can't do this. This can't happen. You know, blah, blah, blah. Photographer ran out, took a picture. Uh, I guess we're supposed to suspend our disbelief to the point where we, there's no cameras following them. I, I don't know. Um, Kind of dumb. Uh, but it was all a ruse. Jimmy uh, pulls something, and it's kind of like the Lana Rusev uh, with, uh, what's his name, um, Enzo Amore, but instead uh, I somehow Mandy Rose is Enzo. So it kind of seemed heelish, but anyways, Naomi, he let Naomi in. She beat the shit out of Mandy. Mandy got the better of her, ran out of there. Jay came to help out Naomi. Um, yeah, Chris, did, did you like this part? Wasn't it great? No, I mean, because you're asking us to suspend way too much belief, I guess, at some point. Um, just with the way they built it up. At least with, like, Enzo's character, it makes sense with Enzo. He would do something dumb like that, especially because they had him hitting on Lana multiple times. <laughs> you know, so it, like, built up. This just kind of seemed out of nowhere. And, like, especially because they have the format of Total Divas that they could have just built this into the storyline of that, like they like to do, and kind of been like, hey, you know, like, I don't know, Mandy Rose and Jimmy Uso sure do talk a lot on that show. Like, something like that. I don't know, just a little more like video package or just some other interactions. This just seemed like a feud that was just thrown together out of nowhere. <laughs> and, uh, I don't know, a little weird. And it did have definitely shades of the Enzo-Lana thing, except for there was no beatdown. There's just a photographer in a picture, and the beatdown is going to be Naomi versus Mandy Rose. But, like, wait, like, what the fuck does that have to do with the Usos, one of your best tag teams? I, I don't know, man. I don't uh, know. That's my biggest uh, problem it, with it. Is you're, you're sacrificing one of your best tag teams that you could be using somewhere else, doing something better. You can do a low-end female feud against two people. You don't have any reason to be feuding to begin with. Yeah, I agree with you, man. I I I think it would have been funny if they got the better of Mandy and pulled a twin maneuver. I, I think that they had that perfectly, you know, they, they had that the in weird, place. The weird, where they, the weird spot to call it a twin maneuver, though. <laughs> like, well, I'm not, I'm not talking about, like, Eiffel powering someone. Jesus Christ. All I'm saying is, 
you know, Jimmy could have not been there. It could have been Jay, and Jay's like, you know, when she kind of does that with the photographer, like, uh, no, dummy, I'm Jay. And then but they're, Jimmy, yeah, they're not. I, I mean, it would have been funny if, but then they would add to play her character off as kind of dumb because they're not like identical twins. She doesn't come off the like, smartest, honestly, in this whole situation. <laughs> um, no, not really. But at least that uh, would have been funny. You know, that would at least had garnered some laughs or something. This just felt weird. Maybe I'm so just a weird. little too old school with it being like, it. you need to have a reason to have the feud. Like, there needs to be, like, Naomi should have been screwing her over or something or just repeatedly kicking her ass for her to go this route, which, in all honesty, didn't seem like that's happened at all in the past, like, I agree with you, man. You got to have reason for everything, even shoving a tampon down someone's throat. It's wrestling, damn it. It's still real to me, damn it. It's still real to me, damn it. All right, um, let's talk about Andretti versus Rey Mysterio, man. What a awesome TV match! God dang it, when it comes to commercial breaks, I understand the picture on picture, but I watched it on Hulu, hoping it was nice because there was no commercials. But I was hoping they would, like, gap it all together. They didn't do that, which I understood. I mean, I don't expect them to. But it was a fun match, all I'm trying to say, man. And some of the stuff that they did, God, Ray at 43 can move like it's nothing. The guy's been wrestling since he was, like, 12. My Lord. And, I mean, the it, between the jump up, it looks like a Hurricane Rana, and then jump over to a Canadian Destroyer uh, or the Crucifix Bomb – or the drop kick while Ray was coming in there, drop, you know, drop kicking him. Um, or the Hurricane Rana from the top ropes, jumping on top of Andretti, sending him out and having his body bounce off. Oh, God, that looks so painful. The floor to the outside. Um, just an awesome match. Uh, it ended with um, Selena trying to distract Mysterio while he was on top ropes. Andretti took advantage of it, gave him the hammerlock DDT off the top ropes for the pinfall, the thing that he beat um, both Aleister Black and Drew McIntyre. No, no, he didn't believe that. It was Johnny Gargano and Drew McIntyre. That's how he took both of them out. So that's his, like, his, his super finisher, you know, Chris. But um, how did you like the match? I, I thought it was a really great match, and, you know, surprisingly – you give people a little bit of time to work and you put two good wrestlers against each other, they can have a fucking good match on a TV show. Who would have fucking thought? <laughs> would you like to see this at Mania with them, potentially, yeah. the two of them? Uh, yeah, if they give them a little bit more of a format, I would, I would like to see, like I said, I would like to see the U.S. title with Andretti and, and Ray and maybe Mustafa and Samoa Joe and a couple other people. Um, we get into Mania predictions. That's actually one of my predictions is some kind of cool big thing around the U.S. title, which has done nothing. Once again, Nakamura, not on this fucking show. Like, Yeah, neither was Rusev, the, the champion. Title? Yeah, like the fucking all of their U.S. titles. You don't, Jeff Hardy's not on the show. Randy Orton's not on this fucking show. Everyone that's been going for the U.S. title, not even on this fucking show. How about how about Shelton Benjamin had that awesome pro or that awesome promo two weeks ago, talking about how he's he's going to be out there trying, and we haven't seen him since then. It's, I understand they have a lot of talent, but my lord! All right, let's get to the last bit of thing, and then we can go into these WrestleMania predictions, Chris. Uh, the Miz hosted a bestie birthday bash for Shane McMahon's birthday. Uh, this could have gone pretty damn horrible. 
And I wasn't a big fan of the match because it was just whatever. It was just something. This should have, honestly, they should have switched this with Andrade. They should have ended with Ray and Andrade, and this should have been beforehand. But that's fine. What I'm trying to say is a fun segment. They didn't do what I thought they were going to do where Miz screws over Shane. They kind of gave me the festival friendship thing vibe at first. But um, no, it wasn't like that. They kind of had common ground. He gave him some Jordans. Shane marked out over his new Jordans. Um, I've never had a <laughs> pair of Jordans, so I don't know how fucking awesome they are. Um, pretty awesome. And then he got him a nice the, – he got him a little video package of his career – and then the bar came out. They interrupted the celebration, uh, fed up with Sheamus' trash talk. Shane made a one-on-one match for Sheamus against The Miz. Uh, Miz was not too happy about this, but Shane explained, well, you did to me already. So Miz went for it. Miz defeated Sheamus. Sheamus won, um, was distracted by Shane McMahon, who put Cesaro through a table to the outside when Miz rolled him up for the pinfall. After the match, Sheamus tried to attack Miz, but Miz and McMahon turned the tables on him. McMahon con, uh, connected with a coast-to-coast after um, Miz gave his, his finisher and uh, put the birthday cake in his face for the coast-to-coast. And uh, it didn't get on Sheamus on his face, so Miz just went ahead and put his hands all through it and then put all over Sheamus' face. And I'm sure he was really happy about that uh, in actuality. But, um, you know, it, hey, it's, it's actually giving me intrigue with the scenario and I know that, and I have it on my list, I, I, this is probably going to end up with Shane versus The Miz, probably in a cage match or something, so Shane can do some fucking crazy dive. But if it doesn't, they end up tag team, whatever. I mean, I don't care, but I didn't think this is bad storytelling, so I'll give him that. Chris, what do you think? I actually enjoyed it, and I, I like the thought of maybe Miz and Shane getting the tag titles, as bad as I hate to say it. Um, just because I think it'll shake up that tag division a little bit and let them reset headed into Mania. And then, you know, you can just have the, the, the slow between Miz and Shane. And I would love it if this time Shane turns heel, honestly. Um, it would, would be, be interesting, interesting to see Miz, see Miz get a face run, honestly. It, it would be. Uh, and the reason I say this is I think that he's really, really well-liked, especially with the TV show with him and Maurice. Like, and fans don't really... He's, he can still get that heel reaction. I think he's one of the best, you know, talkers in the business. And he's always been able to get that heel reaction. But having him, you know, constantly get destroyed or having like Shane McMahon send someone like Samoa Joe after him or having him go through a bunch of bullshit at the hands of Shane McMahon leading up to a match between those two with Shane being a heel, I, I think would be more interesting than Miz just turning on Shane McMahon and thus getting a one-off match. Because Shane McMahon can still be a heel after Mania, even if he wins the match or loses the match, because he can, he's fucking the whatever, the general manager of SmackDown. So to me, that just has more legs to it. And, you know, outside of AJ Styles, who, who's a major face in the male division right now? Uh, Jeff Hardy? Uh, Rey Mysterio, maybe, I guess? I guess? I mean, I guess Rey Mysterio, but, like, I, I just don't – Mysterio is not going to get, like, a top-end push. But that – both guess. of them are, and you, are nostalgia, you know? I mean, that's the biggest thing. Both of those are nostalgia reasons. I mean, the for, other for thing is if you're, trying to get, if you're trying to get back to Miz and Daniel Bryan and Daniel Bryan's a heel, then you have to have a reason, and Miz turning face would be a reason, which would be an interesting turn. Um, because, you know, he fucking shit all over 
Daniel Bryan for kind of being a quitter and wanting to wrestle bingo halls and like hating everything about normal fucking other wrestlers. And now if you look at like Daniel Bryan's character, you could throw the same promo out and it'd almost be a face promo. You know, he'd have to twist some stuff on it, but it'd be kind of the same thing. You could get an interesting feud between them too. I agree, man. I think that that's actually the way to go. Honestly. Um, but we'll have to see. That's funny because, I mean, it's it's like when we're talking about this, it's kind of just going naturally into our predictions, uh, just straight up. Uh, but before we get to that, I have two, uh, two um, matters of business I want to go over. Uh, first, I will hand this off to the amazing um, four spirit of, of Dusty Rhodes for a message from our sponsors, Blue Chew. Hey, Dusty, take it away. See you, baby. Guys, let's talk about sex. You know, good sex. Guys, remember the days when you were always ready to go? Now you can increase your performance and get that extra confidence in bed. So listen up. BlueChew.com, daddy. That's blue like the color blue. BlueChew.com brings you the first chewable with the same FDA-approved active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis, so you know they work, daddy. You can take them anytime, day or night, even on a full stomach. And since they're chewable, they're up to twice as fast as any pill. So you can be ready whenever an opportunity arises, baby. You know what I'm saying. Bluetooth is prescribed online and shipped straight to your door in a discreet package. So no more in-person doctor visits. No waiting in the pharmacy. And best of all, no more awkwardness, baby. They're made in the USA, daddy. And since Blue Chew prepares and ships direct, they're cheaper than a pharmacy. Right now, we got a special deal for our listeners. Visit BlueChew.com and get your first shipping free. When you use a special promo code, GVN, you just pay $5 shipping, daddy. Again, that's B-L-U-E-C-H-E-W.com, promo code GVN, to try for free. Bluetooth is better, cheaper, faster choice, and we thank them for sponsoring this podcast and not having hot time. Back to you, Dave. Thanks, 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 Dusty. You always have to throw the hard time thing in there. God. Anyways, it's always good having the force ghost of, of Dusty Rhodes as a part of the programming. And yeah, guys, try Bluetooth, man. Um, it's good stuff. You know, it, it doesn't have to be so much about you know, size, it doesn't have to be so much about uh, maybe you're having issues down below. It just, if you want to have a good performance, you want to have a good time for your lady, this is a natural supplement. You know, you take supplements for everything, working out. Maybe try to take one for your uh, your bedroom wife. And uh, it's worked great things for me. And I definitely appreciate Blue Chew as a sponsor and also as a supplement program for your sexual needs. So, uh, yeah, try that out, guys. And like I said, thank you, Dusty, for helping me out, Daddy-O. All right, and also kind of just wanted to, before we go into things, tell you guys that um, I watched NXT UK this last weekend. I really, really enjoyed it. Uh, the matches, all of them were a lot of fun, very much like an NXT pay, uh, uh, pay-per-view. I will say that if you haven't got a chance to watch it, um, the first match and the last match were probably my two favorite matches. Um, you had Zach Gibson and James Drake going against Mustache Mountain. Um, and I mean, Trent Seven and Tyler Bader are incredible. They had about a, almost a 24 minute match. 
awesome stuff. We had a surprise where Finn Balor came in to go against his student, Jordan Devlin. Uh, awesome match. Dave Mastip and Eddie Dennis was actually a lot of fun. Uh, Tony Storm, who is not Lacey Evans, by the way, uh, defeated Rhea Ripley and got the NXT UK. I thought I, I knew I was going to make you pop. NXT UK Women's Championship. That match was fucking fantastic as well. Probably my second to third favorite match tonight. And Pete Dunn and Joe Coffey had an awesome match. And um, I will say that there was two spots that were kind of scary. They tr- kept on trying to do the same spot they did before, but the first time Joe uh, Coffey fell off the top ropes from the top to the ground, and then they went to do it again later on, and Pete Dunn and him both fell to the ground from the top ropes. But either way, I mean, the, the back and forth, the hitting, it was a great match. And at the end of it, Walter came to the ring. They made it look like it was done, and it was just an after credit scene. But then there was like, oh, hold on. We heard, I believe it's Germany's nat- uh, like national anthem, maybe, or one of their their anthems, because I'm pretty sure um, Marcel uh, Bartel, he has the same thing, because he's from Germany. and he's, I don't know, maybe I'm wrong about that, but I love Walter's theme music. I always have. It hit, Walter came out, arms folded behind his back, um, and he and um, Pete Dunn had a long stare down. Everyone's cheering for the both of them, and it looks like after this long of a time, Pete Dunn might have made his, met his match. Um, Walter is, I think he already uh, dropped the PWG championship. I'm pretty sure he still has the Progress Championship. I really, really like Walter. Uh, he reminds me of Vincent D'Onofrio's version of the Kingpin Wilson Fisk from Daredevil Netflix series. That's amazing, and screw you, Netflix, for canceling it. Um, uh, meets Andre the Giant a little bit. Like, there's certain aspects of that. And the two of them, um, I know, are going to have an awesome match. I watched a, a match with Tyler Bate over at Progress with Walter from a couple months ago, and that was an awesome match. He works great with big guys. He works great with little guys. He's just very physically imposing and has his dominant presence. But I was really excited about that. Chris, before I, I, I briefly talk about um, uh, Impact, uh, did you get a chance to watch anything from NXT UK, want to comment on anything, maybe about the Walter, uh, you know, coming out and challenging Pete Dunne at the end? Not going to lie, I watched the main event, and I watched Walter coming out at the end, which Walter, I think, is incredible and fits very well with the NXT UK. I don't want him to be fighting a bunch of other big guys in WWE. Um, I think that he's kind of a perfect fit there because he looks intimidating as fuck, but if you put it next to like a Brock Lesnar or like a Roman Reigns, it's not the same, if you get what I'm saying. But yeah, like I, I think he's a great fit there. I think that, that he could probably have some really great ones on that roster. And um, I am going to, I do plan on going back and watching um, watching the rest of it, just because I that tag match sounded like it was also really, really fucking good. Um, but yeah, it was I just awesome. I hadn't had the opportunity to, to check out that full thing yet. So um, just out of what, what I watched the main event, I thought was, was pretty incredible. There was the, there was a, the one scary spot where he, uh, you know, fell off the top, which was a little awkward, but outside of that, I thought it was a really damn good match. And Pete Dunn is fucking probably my favorite thing going right now, as far as like the UK, the UK wrestlers and, and probably even the NXT wrestlers when he's, on the normal NXT. I think the guy's fucking incredible. 
and I wish they would have brought him to Maine, honestly, because I think he's just a little different than everything else that's on the main roster. There's rumors. There's rumors he's progressing, and that's that's that he might drop it to Walter because he's he's progressing to Maine. That that's a rumor though, from the dirt sheets. Remember that. But I just hope they know how to use him once he gets there. But he fucking uh, otherwise that main event was great, and Walter coming out, he fucking looks phenomenal. I think he's going to be a badass over there, so that's going to be exciting. My cat knocked over all my notes off my desk. Sure, cat. And now you're going to snuggle with me. All right. Well, also, I definitely checked out uh, Impact Homecoming. I was a week late with that, but that was a great show as well. I've been very impressed when Don Callis has taken over uh, right around the times. Uh, actually, it was last WrestleMania where uh, Alberto Patron just decided to deuce, and they had Austin Aries have to go against Phoenix against Pentagon. They gave the belt to Pentagon, shook things up. And ever since, I think that he and Scott Moore have done a great job producing a product. Uh, visually, they have an awesome roster. It just sucks that, you know, uh, the position they're in. I think that, though, now finding out that besides being on the Pursuit channel, that Impact will be on Twitch for free streaming on Friday nights, I will definitely check it out live if I'm not doing anything. I mean, that that that, that in itself is a good thing. But either way, we'll go down the card. Uh, they had a match with Rick Swan, Ethan Page, Jake Chris, uh, and Trey Miguel for the Ultimate X Championship, um, which McCall cashed in. Uh, Brian Cage to go against Johnny Impact for the title, um, and Rick, Rick Swan picked it up, which is good for Rick Swan, man. He does. He's an awesome wrestler. He's had some bullshit happen to him, but I think that's a. It's a great title. The X Division title itself uh, has a lot of value to it. I think. Allie and Sue Young defeated uh, Jordan Grace and Kara Hogan. They're going to uh, sacrifice them, and um, my 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 beautiful Rosemary came back and. Kick some ass. And now she's taking it back to Sue Young. So they're doing that whole thing. Actually, honestly, I like Jordan Grace a lot. I think she's awesome. Um, <laughs> what's his name? Um, Don Callis uh, said that, like, he, I, he was making up a story. But he was like, yeah, I, I told her that she reminded me a lot of a young rhino, and she got insulted by that, um, is what he said in the commentating. And she honestly, she does have that presence. She could... If she went to WWE, I think that she's believable enough uh, that she could be like a China in the aspect that she could take on a male talent and it's like, you know, like it was nothing. But then again, Charlotte could do that, I think, to an extent, too, because she's huge and extremely strong. Eddie Edwards had an awesome hardcore match. False count anywhere with Moose. A lot of fun. Um, Sammy Callahan went against Willie Mack. That was also another awesome match. Uh, Willie Mack is great. Eli Drake defeated Abyss in a Monsters Ball match. That was a lot of fun. The match of the night, though, the Latin American Exchange, LAX, Ortiz and Santana won against the Lucha Brothers, Phoenix and Pentagon, in a badass tag team match. I would definitely check out. If if, if you were to check out one match from this, that would be it. Ty Valkyrie defeated Tessa Blanchard. Tessa's on her way now to uh, Women of Wrestling. I don't know if she's done with Impact, but she just dropped the title. Hope to see her over at AEW at some point. But I'm um, glad Ty has got the championship. And our good friend Johnny Gimmick named Johnny Impact defeated Brian Cage with a little bit of bullshit involved in the winning. Uh, so I think that we're going to see them afterwards. Um, uh, Taya and him was attacked um, by – oh, man, I can't remember the dude's name. It's Chris it, – the really weird guy that, that's scary. I know that didn't help. But if you guys watch pay-per-view, you know who I am. Screaming at me, 
It's fine. I'm not really worried about it. Either way, fun pay-per-view, two matches to watch, LAX versus the Lucha Brothers, and from the other one, from NXT UK, I would definitely recommend Pete Dunne versus Joe Kofi. Stay around for the after credit. All right, Chris, are you ready to talk about some WrestleMania predictions? We got 35 minutes to break this shit down, dude. Sure, I do want to give a quick shout out. I I liked the uh, I really liked the Ultimate Edge oh. match. I like they took the scaffolding off, and they went more with the old school, the way Ultimate X used to be. Probably because they had lower ceiling ceilings in the venue would be my guess. But I, I just like the way that aesthetic of that looks, and I thought that Rich Swan had a really good match. Um, all of those guys had a really good match in a X Division match. It was kind of short. Nothing really to write home about, but that was yeah. a match that I liked on the card. Um, and then obviously that tag match I, was fucking. I apologize. Great. I didn't know if you watched it or not, and I should have asked you uh, either before <laughs> or just now. Like, if what, what what did you think of any of the matches that you watched? What did you like about it? So I, I watched I watched three matches on the card. I watched the uh, I did watch the X Division match. Like I said, I, I thought that was really great. I like the way that they brought back the old school. Um, yeah, it was good to see too. Rich Swan, or you know, Rich Swan doing something, you know, good in TNA, having a little bit of a push because I, I thought that he could have been a huge star on 205 Live, and he kind of was there for a little bit, and then they got rid of him. Um, and then I watched the uh, LAX versus Pentagon of Phoenix, which I just thought was fucking phenomenal tag match. Um, a little short. I wish it would have been a little longer, just because they were having such a good match. I think it was only like around ten, maybe ten to. 13 minutes long or something like that. It just didn't seem like it was long enough because they were having such a damn good match, but um, it was pretty great. Like, I, I want to see more of that. This could have easily been the main event uh, match. And then I watched the Johnny Impact versus Brian Cage match, which ended in fuckery. I thought it was a good match yep. up until the ending, and it ended in fuckery. And maybe it would have probably meant more if I watch, well, if I even had the fucking opportunity to watch Impact each week, that would be um, great, but that's a whole different story for a different conversation. I'm, I'm glad to hear. I didn't know about the Twitch thing, but I am excited to hear about that because they got fucking buried with that TV deal they currently have right now. Yep. Um, in all honesty. So I, I thought that match was fine. Um, they had some high spots that I, I really enjoyed, but like, like I said, I don't know. they could have probably cut seven minutes out of this match and gave me seven more minutes in that tag match. And I would have been a lot more happy. Yeah, I agree. Um, do you think that – actually, I don't remember what my question was, so don't worry about that. So um, never mind. Let's, um, how, many, how many matches did you predict on your end? Let's see, one, two, four, five, six, seven, eight. I got ten, I think, nine or ten. Okay, some I, of them I went a little bit past Some of them are just straight – yeah, some of mine are just straight one-off predictions, though, so they won't take very long. Yeah, I'm trying. I'm trying to think. We probably, honestly, audience, we probably should have. It's, it's my fault because I kind of sprung up on this, but um, should have figured out a way to go about. How about this? I'm gonna. Since I have, I, I you, you said you have ten. I have fourteen. So we'll go up to ten. We'll do two at a time. This is. Do you have yours in order? Or mine's out of order. It doesn't really have a direct order. Minor in order. If- Consider the battle royals will probably be first. So, yeah, oh, I didn't even yes include and those. no. Yeah, see, I included those. So, um, I, I can spit those off first if you want, and we can go from there. 
Yeah. Uh, you tell me, uh, you know, you go over a couple and then I'll go over a couple. All right. Sounds good. I'll, I'll start it out. Uh, for the Battle Royal, the men's Battle Royal, I, uh, I actually picked EC3 to win this, I think, based on the screen time they're giving him. And the fact that they need to give someone a push in that thing, the EC3 probably makes a lot of sense to win that. Um, and then from there, they can build off feuds on whatever product he's going to go to, whether it's SmackDown or Raw. And then maybe he even has a reason to go to both to kind of flaunt the trophy. So I have EC3 winning the men's battle royal. And then the women's battle royal, I have a toss-up between uh, Nikki Cross or Shayna Baszler. And the reason I say Shayna Baszler is feel like that she's going to be pushed up to Maine um, pretty quick. Uh, but, yeah, I'm thinking Nikki Cross might end up getting the win there. Or, you know, a long outside shot would be Ember Moon just because they haven't done anything with her recently. I like all of those matches, man. I definitely, you know, that's the whole thing about this is that we have no idea who's going to be called up. Who's, out of the call-ups they have right now, who's going to be in a position where they're going to be actually doing anything outside the Battle Royals? So there are a lot of what-ifs. And, you know, along with, with Chris's list, my list is based on what they're giving me now, based on what I've heard, based on what I want, and it's kind of a combination of all those, and kind of what they would do uh, to some extent. And I'll go by, I'm going to do um, the U.S. title and the Intercontinental title. I didn't do the Battle Royals because it's like whoever whoever is not a part of these matches are going to be in those Battle Royals, basically. There's a men's one, the women's one. Um, I like the idea of giving someone good a, a rub, though. Um, trying to think. Um, if I were to have, well, you know what? I'm going to give Drew McIntyre the win for the Battle Royal because I actually don't have him in a main match, which is crazy, but maybe that would be a decent thing for for him to happen. Um, for the women, yeah, I, I like the idea of Shayna Baszler doing that. That that would be interesting, kind of, you know, push her in a, a decent direction. Um, but for the U.S. title, look, man, I don't know what the hell they're going to do with this, Chris. I have Rusev as a champion going in and just do a stupid big four or five way ladder match since they don't do the uh the, the money at the bank thing anymore. Have Rusev go against Nakamura, against Samoa Joe, against Shelton Benjamin, against Jeff Hardy, all those guys going for the title. I'd give the title to Samoa Joe and I let him dominate the US title for a while after Mania. Intercontinental, Dean Ambrose is gonna get that championship back, goes in as champion and has a hardcore false count anywhere match against Demon Finn Balor, where Finn Balor wins and gets the championship from him. Um, but, yeah, those are my first two matches, Chris. What do you think? Uh, I have – I actually have both the U.S. title and the Intercontinental title match matched out, too, so I'll give you the two – my predictions. One of them is very similar to yours. I have Hardy versus Amos versus Samojo versus Nakamura versus Rusev versus Bali in some sort of gimmick match for the U.S. Championship. Um, and then I actually have Ali probably getting the win here. I think it would be a big moment for him. And then there's so many feuds that you could build out of it for him with Rusev and Joe. And I also feel like it frees up Nakamura if they want to move him to the main title picture. But my worry about Nakamura is I just I can't remember the last time I saw him in a match. Right offhand, 
I'm gonna go back. I would have he to go back to Rusev. He lost he to Rusev. He lost to Rusev. That seems like forever ago. And maybe it's just in really my does. mind it was forever ago, but was that at TLC? I think he dropped it on a SmackDown to him. So that was just a few. That would have been like three or four weeks ago. Because that was back like a month, maybe a little later. Yeah. So that would. Yeah. So that. But I haven't seen him since then. So, I don't know. I, he's interesting because I don't know what they're going to do with him. Um, but I do feel like he might get thrown into this match just because it's WrestleMania. Uh, I had also, like, one of these people could be easily rotated out with Orton just because I don't see anything. I don't see Orton doing anything on this card. So, <laughs> I just have in quotation yeah. Orton. <laughs> wow! So maybe, I just realized I don't have him up in this match. <laughs> wow! I don't even have Orton on here. There's no way to. See, that's the thing that sucks is like when you're going through this, you're like, "Well, shit! They got to use this guy." I mean, where the hell they're gonna? Where can I shove him in? And then I realized this is why I don't book wrestling. Huh? Huh? All right. I'm. Not, I'm. You know, just. Even though I don't have a Twitter, so they can't blow me up, I'm not looking forward to their response on my Universal Championship match, but I think it might be the way to go. All right, my, I'm going to keep on going to titles. I'll do the marquee matches afterwards, but my women's matches, the Raw, I'm just going to keep it how I've, I've been keeping it. I think Becky goes in against Ronda as champion for the Raw Women's title after she wins the Royal Rumble, after she loses her match against Asuka from some fuckery maybe with Ronda, Maybe Shayna does it, and she associates with Ronda, then she goes and somehow gets in the Rumble, wins it, challenges Ronda Rousey for the Raw Women's Championship match, beats Ronda Rousey, and, uh, you know, starts a rampage on Raw. I don't think Ronda needs the championship to be dominant. I really don't. And I really would like – my whole theme, one of my big themes is, is this will be – the coming together of the, the women's four horsemen of, of wrestling with the presence coming of the four women of uh, MMA, you'll, you'll see basically. So, yeah. So Ronda loses. Um, I think this should be the last match on the card, honestly, if they have anything, even if they had Charlotte in the mix and have it Ronda, Charlotte, Becky, I think it should be the last uh, match on the card. Um, I actually have Oscar going against Charlotte and Charlotte winning the title for SmackDown. Um, I'll, I'll, I'll just include the other women's match, the tag match too. Um, I know she lost last year. I know she has the title. We can give it back to Oscar. We can give her back her wins. But I think that storyline-wise, it kind of works what I'm going for. Because I have for the tag titles, the champions who are going to win it in an elimination chamber, Sasha and Bailey, going against Naomi and a friend of hers that comes – well, we can just throw them in as friends. Someone comes to her aid to go against Mandy Rose and Sonya Deville. My two choices were either Sonya Deville screws over Mandy because she doesn't like what direction she's going in and helps out Naomi, and that causes them to become a tag team in the Elimination Chamber, or put Carmella with her. Carmella's next champion. She's gotten a hell of a lot better in the ring in the last couple months, and it would just be a bigger match. You have Carmella and Naomi going against, uh, whatchamacallit, Bailey and Sasha. At the end of the night, the last match, Becky wins, you know, Ronda Lee or is on the ground, whatever. Becky's in the ring, dominant. Charlotte music hits. She comes out, followed by Bailey and Sasha. You have the four women, uh, horsewomen of wrestling, all with titles, stand high, 
and maybe they just have it dominant like that, or maybe they go off the air, and I don't think they would do this with, you know, uh, Ronda's minions, um, Shayna Baszler and the other two. Maybe Ronda doesn't is not telling them to do this, but you know, the rest of the, the uh, MMA ladies go in the ring and just beat the living hell out of all of them, and this kind of brings it to next year where it will be more the four on the four once. The other two ladies, um, and I can't, it's um, Jessamyn Duke and um, Marina Shafir, once they've gotten more experience in NXT, everyone's like, let's just do it at Mania. Let's do it this year. No one knows who the fuck they are. No one knows who the fuck Shayna Baszler is. Calm down. We'll get to that. But, yeah, that's what I would be doing with the women's matches, uh, Chris. I would have the full horsewoman stance tall and have some type of interaction like that at the end going off air. Yeah, I mean, that makes sense. I, I don't know that I would go the Four Horsemen route yet. I'm still on the fence on when they should pull the trigger on that. I was thinking more around Survivor Series. Just because you could do Yeah, that and that's just slowly. sprinkle in kind of elements of it. You don't have to have them attack them at the end, but if Ronda gets beat, all the other women are together, you know, Charlotte, all of them, standing tall, it's kind of like a fuck you. Maybe Shayna Baszler starts approaching her to go in the direction of being a bad guy, and then you build it up to whatever, Survivor Series or whatever you want to do. You know? Yep. So I have, on my women's predictions, I didn't do both, but I also have Charlotte versus Asuka for the SmackDown Women's Championship, and I have Rousey, Rousey, uh, Ronda Rousey versus Becky as well. I think Becky is going to lose at Rumble. Um, Me too. But I think it's going to be entertaining. I hope they put that match on after the Women's Royal Rumble so that they can give her a cushion for losing. Um, if they put her in first in the Royal Rumble and she like fights her way to win because she plays up the fact that she is the man, She's like, I'm going to beat everyone in this fucking match. And then she loses to Asuka because she wore herself down in the Royal Rumble. I think that gives her cushion for that loss. She still has a win. People know they're going to get us here at Mania, and you make the, ha- the fans happy both ways. So I think the fans want to see Becky at Mania, but they also don't want to see Asuka lose necessarily, and I think this kind of gives you the best of both worlds. But then I have Becky lose to Rousey. Um or, well, no, I don't know. I'm still on the fence about who I would have win, but I know that that's the match I want there. It really just depends on... It depends on if they're actually going to put Becky on Raw. If she wins the title, if she has to win the title to go to Raw, then I think that that's a, a good idea. But, yeah, I don't, I don't know. That one's a little weird. It's something that air to me as far as making a prediction. I, I just don't think they're ready to take that win streak away from Rousey. But if they're gonna if they were ever gonna do it, now would be the time to pull the trigger on it with Becky. Um, especially if she wins the rumble in the, the manner I just saw because or just said because I you didn't you wouldn't want her taking losses in back to back games with her current streak. So just her hot her hot streak that she's got going. Um Charlotte versus Asuka, I really it, I don't think it really matters who wins out of this. I would like to see Charlotte turn more heels uh, in the match because right now she's kinda playing She's still teetering on being a face. And I would like to see her turn heel and beat Oscar for the title in some kind of heel and way. 
and just set that feud up because if Becky does win the title, then she's going to be overall. So you still need the top feud. Charlotte versus Austin. Like they'll have good matches. Um, the women's tag titles. It's going to be to me. It's going to be Bailey and Sasha versus a fucking I don't know the Riot Squad. Maybe. I'm just taking a guess. I, I just don't know that they're going to put a tag team together fast enough that anyone will have interest in. I mean that that is the biggest thing. They got to put something together. I mean, I guess since they're heels, you could do either the Riot Squad or you could do Mandy and and Sonya. But it doesn't seem like it would be as people would be into it. Um, but they have a little bit of time. We're, we, I guess we need to find out the six tag team matches to get a better grasp on that after they have that <laughs> whole entire announcement for Elimination Chamber. Because then we'll know yeah. what tag teams they have in in store for us. Apparently, there's only three per. Well, I guess they're only having one. Women's they just need to combine the titles. That's what it really comes down to. Um, all of them, all of them. All right, so let's let me go over tag for Raw. I have the Revival versus AOP. Uh, these guys have, you know, Revival picks it up from Rudin Gable. They break up. I don't really know what happens to them. I don't have them a part of this match. Sorry, guys. Um, I do like Bobby Roode. I do like Chad Gable. I just don't really care. I know that AOP and the Revival can have good chemistry in a match, and I think AOP should beat the Revival and give themselves more of a dominant rub. If I were to do anything differently with this, hey, man, maybe call up a, a heel DIY. You know, they're kind of uh, working together a little bit now on NXT. If you had, if you got to show the people at WrestleMania Revival versus AOP versus DIY like us, like we did as NXT audience on a huge WrestleMania platform for the titles and then gave it to Johnny and Tommaso and still had them at odds but used that to kind of create character with the storyline, I think that would be awesome. And if they even lost it and the AOP picked it up or, or maybe Revival won it, maybe it could even add more tension between them that could add – uh, a different dynamic, but I, that's, that's what I would like. Uh, Revival versus AOP is a little more realistic um, for the SmackDown. Now, I would love to do New Day Usos bar uh, TLC, but I already picked the ladder match, and there's other tag teams. So I have those three, but I added in the club, and it's just a four-way tag match each corner. Probably wouldn't be the most dazzling thing, but all those guys are good. And I give it to the brothers afterwards. I, I don't think that's realistic. The New Day would probably take it in that type of scenario. But I would like to see the good brothers win at WrestleMania and get a win in that type of scenario. Chris, what do you got for the tag? Your tag? I honestly have kind of a four-way match, too. But it just really depends on whether Shane and Miz hold the titles until Mania. Yeah. So if they win them and they hold the titles until Mania, I think it'll be a four-way. If not, I think it'll probably be like... New Days versus Uso versus The Bar in just some kind of three-way tag match. Um, I would love for it just to be like the New Day versus The Bar or the New Day versus The Usos. I just think it's more likely that you see some sort of kind of big match here, uh, big tag, some kind of spectacle match um, with all of these guys. And to me, you can do New Day, you know, Shane and The Miz. You you can still get Shane's spots off in like a ladders match or something. Um, and then you got the bar, the Usos, 
depending on what they're doing. But that, that that was those would be the guys. I I just I love the Good Brothers, and I really wish they would do something with them. But that to me that their stock is just so low because of the way they've been treated on both Raw and SmackDown. I just don't know that. I would put them in a match at Mania as well, at least not a big title match at Mania. Yep. And so you said the same thing with uh, Revival and AOP uh, for the Raw Tag Team uh, Championships earlier. Do you think that they could try to throw that in there with DIY, just kind of call them up there, or would you do that later and keep them separate? There's Honestly, a lot of chemistry between the those teams. Yeah. It's just a weird scenario because I think Ciampa is 100 times better by himself. Honestly. Yeah, me too. Um, and I wish he would split off completely, but they just keep wanting to keep Gargano around. It's like they're scared that Ciampa won't be able to do it on his own, which I don't think is the case. I um, think it's the I opposite. Think he, I think it would be a great fucking monster. Like... If you put him on SmackDown, I think he'd do very well. If you're going to put him on Raw, I think he needs to be in a tag team. So that's, you know, at that point, it just depends on them. Like, do, do they want to be singles wrestlers or do they want to be a tag team? Because I think they would be an awesome fucking tag team and probably a good move for Raw. I just don't know that they're going to go that route. And I don't know that Ciampa wants to go that route, honestly. Because he's having one hell of a run in NXT and... I think he could easily go to SmackDown and have a very similar run, especially if you look at like Daniel Bryan. The fact that Daniel Bryan is their top guy right now, Ciampa, to me, is a way better fucking heel, like way more believable in that role. So you don't have to worry about the size as much. With Gargano, I just don't know what the fuck you do with him if you take Ciampa away. Yeah, no, I agree. Um, let me just say that I just thought of this. If you if you wanted to say screw with the IC title match kind of and just put Bobby Lashley versus Dean Ambrose, someone suggested this and they wouldn't do it. But man, if they put Finn Balor versus Pete Dunne for the UK title at Mania, I think that would be a fucking awesome match. I don't think it's gonna happen, but uh, it's kind of like I had Mustafa Ali going against Buddy Murphy and finally winning that damn cruiserweight belt. But then again, I don't know if that's a step down now from Mustafa Ali, but I don't know really what the fuck else he would do at this thing, you know? Well, I have Ali in the U.S. Championship match. That's right, you do. That makes sense. So Yeah, you could do that. Because I think, he, I think he's going to be feuding with Joe and just going back and forth as they try to build up to the U.S. Championship match. They're not. I mean, they're not going to give Joe the kind of push he's going to need to get to the title picture by Mania, so I, I would assume that they're going to head the U.S. Championship route. And the fact that they're showing shades of this with Ali, it would just make sense for there to be some kind of big match with Ali involved. A lot of people want Ali to go against DB for the title, but I don't think that's going to happen. I think he's too green. Well, not green, but you know what I'm saying. He's too new to Maine. For him to go against Daniel Bryan for the title, but um, uh, these these are I, I Andretti seeing almost versus Rey Mysterio. Uh, I don't care if it's in the kickoff and you give him like thirty five minutes. I would prefer on the main card, but you know if you give him enough time and actually let him stretch out a real match and build some tension between the two, because it's already like a competitive rivalry. I think that would be an awesome match. If they're gonna do an Undertaker match, I don't have Braun Strowman against anyone. Um, because I don't want to see him lose against Brock or even, I, I don't know. I think that Braun is strong enough to be able to, I'm trying to think of like how to word this correctly. 
since Taker is getting older and he can't move as well, Braun's strong enough to be able to work with him. And I think that he could use a rub from Undertaker. It would still be a big match, give him something to do. He beats Taker. This is it. Um, I don't want the same thing as last year with John Cena. That's for damn sure. Um, and then I have my last three matches, which are the Universal, the World Heavyweight, and uh, my my big other extra match that I'll talk about. But, Chris, what did you have for your uh, two world belts, your Universal and your World Heavyweight? So, well, let's go ahead and get the Taker match out of the way. Uh, I have Cena versus sure. Taker versus your entire. That's and the interesting. Reason I- I think you do a three-way match here. I think you can easily build a feud between Cena and McIntyre, and then Cena and McIntyre can carry the majority of the match. So you can still have a good, good-ass taker match. Taker can still hit all his spots, but most of the action can focus around Cena and McIntyre. Um, and I think it's a good chance you could have McIntyre beat both of them and really put him over. I'm not a huge Drew McIntyre fan pushing the guy, so if you're going to do it, it would make sense to put him in this fucking match. I like it. So, I think it makes sense, though, what you're saying. And, I mean, the way they're positioning Drew with, with John, that could make sense and roll into it. Um, I like. I really do like that idea. I think that that's actually a lot of fun. I, I'm also take, – I'll take Finn Balor as a demon versus The Undertaker. I know that he's – you know, a, there's a size difference, obviously, but you can still have a lot of fun with that. I know Taker's probably going to be on the card, so you've got to give him something. And John yep. Cena and Drew, that makes sense. Then they can kind of do it. Braun, my whole thing is he's strong enough to be able to pick him up and not drop him. Um, hopefully. Uh, I just don't – I don't, by I don't the way, even have Braun on my card just because I don't know where he's going to be and whether they just want to save him. Same thing. That's the um, same thing but for I me, have, man. I, 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 uh, for the IC title, which we talked about, I have Dean versus uh, Dean versus Finn which I hate to relegate Finn because he's about to go against Brock, but that's just kind of where it falls unless Roman Reigns is able to go. Then I have Dean versus Roman, and then some kind of four-way match for the title with Brock. Um, but for that belt, I have Seth versus Brock Lesnar right now. I just I think Seth is going to win the Royal Rumble. My prediction for the men's Royal Rumble, you get Seth versus Brock. And then for the SmackDown title, I just have – I. I don't know. I got fucking Styles versus Daniel Bryan. That's. <laughs> I think they're going to ride that train as long as they can, um, which would mean. I don't. Well, you know, fuck. I don't even know who you put against Daniel Bryan because that would mean Styles would have to lose at Rumble and then win the Royal Rumble. So Nakamura versus Daniel Bryan, but then that would switch up this my is- U.S. Championship match. I like that idea, but I don't want to see Nakamura lose a second year in a row for the championship at Mania. But uh, for for my for my titles, I have two matches and then one match that will make sense uh, after this. Uh, for the World Heavyweight, DB versus the Miz. Daniel Bryan does some shit, takes out Shane. Uh, Miz is actually the babyface in this. They've been talking about this. Kind of makes sense. I understand we're supposed to think Miz and Shane versus someone, or Miz versus Shane, and those could happen. But I think this would be a cool outcome of a reverse roles. You could have Shane involved in the match. You could do a lot of different things. Um, people are going to hate me for this. Uh, I think John Cena is going to win the Royal Rumble, and I think he's going to go against Brock Lesnar at WrestleMania for the Universal title, and he's going to beat Brock Lesnar 
and get his 17th championship win, beating Ric Flair's fake Vince McMahon record, because he actually has 22, um, and solidifying himself as that big of a superstar. He's someone that can take the belt off Brock Lesnar. It's a hell of a lot more believable. And then you take the belt off of him, maybe the next pay-per-view or two. He wants to be back for a while. He's not filming a movie uh, in the meantime. And you realize I'm missing two people. Where the fuck is Seth Rollins and AJ Styles? Well, since Vince is building up a- as AJ like he has been, and since Triple H is doing the same thing to Seth, supremacy of who's the best worker. You have AJ Styles versus Seth Rollins in a marquee match that takes up a good chunk of the whole pay-per-view. Uh, let two of them just go at it and beat the shit out of each other. Now, I could be wrong. I know that Seth is supposed to be supposed to be the one going against Brock uh, from what the dirt sheets say, and that could definitely happen. But this is what I think would be fun and make sense all at the same time. Um, yeah, Chris, do you have any uh, final statements to say about my list, about your list, about any list? No, I mean, I, it's just it's weird because the main event is so more populated than the mid card. And, uh, I mean, my gut instinct about The Miz, is what, what you're saying about The Miz and him being a face, I think it would work. But then it's like I would have AJ Styles win the title and go against Brock. But, so that's, like, the weird thing is, like, right now with both of our lists, I don't know where AJ Styles fits unless he wins the title. If he's not, that's the thing. It's if, if, if my scenario, which is a really weird scenario, if he's not going against Seth Rollins, who the fuck is AJ going against? I know uh, the original idea, honestly, I know the original <laughs> idea for a long time was Vince is trying to get Sean to come back to go against AJ. He doesn't want to do it. He just did an interview not too long ago saying, I'm not coming back. That was it. So I'm going to have to believe that. Unless Kenny Omega or Roman Reigns heals up and they're going to fucking do that, I don't know what AJ's going to do. I don't think he's going to be in the championship picture. And I mean, he's already had a big feud with Samoa Joe. He's already had a big feud with Shinsuke Nakamura. Him and Randy Orton, I guess? I don't know. It's so weird. Yeah, that would make sense. That's... Him and Orton would make sense. Uh, Which is fine, and I'll be down with that. Was... Could you imagine, though, him and Rollins, like, fucking just destroying shit? Like, just annihilating each other in that ring? Oh, my God. Whew. Uh, anyways, guys, I think that's our show. Um, you know, it was, it was a wonderful episode. I appreciate all of you wonderful listeners, um, you know, doing your thing and, and listening to us as, as I just implied. Um, thank you for being a part of Wrestling Geeks Alliance. Thank you for being a part of Geek Vibes Nation. Check us out. GVNation.com. That's the best in news. Has all of our podcasts. It has a link to our Instagram, our Stitcher, our, our, uh, our, our Twitter, our Facebook, our iTunes account. You know, everything. We are on all platforms. So definitely check out everything. Uh, I'd like to thank my wonderful partner, brother Christopher Ray Patton, Christopher Brother Ray Patton, whatever way you want to call him. Uh, Just throw the brother in there. Brother, brother, say goodbye to all the good people. You guys have a wonderful week, and uh, keep enjoying wrestling, man. Look forward to talking to you guys next week. All right, guys. Thank you so much. Like I said, check out our show every Wednesday at 7. And, uh, you know, don't shove uh, tampons down someone else's throat, even if it's fake. <laughs> and that's the bottom line. Peace out. Let the Geek Fives be with you.